Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Today's guest is a systemic therapist, Paula Cohen. She is also the co-founder of Health 5D. We met because we're both in a beta group uh, for mastermind. That's a group. I don't know. Master for I was going to say for mastermind people. That sounds evil and ominous. Uh, but we're in a group for like-minded people who want to expand and grow and learn from each other. Uh, and Paul and I, we had a little one-on-one chat after the group and I was like, Oh, she got to be on a podcast. Cause we were talking about panic, uh, attacks and, uh, taking care of your mental health. And the, she has this, you know, like I said, she's a co-founder of health 5d. So we're going to get into the, the five areas of health that we need to be aware of and develop. And I'm excited to have you on, Paula Cohen. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Leo. That's my pleasure. I'm very excited to be here with you today, especially the topic that I'm so passionate about. So I'm very excited. Thank you. Um, So one of the, uh, you know, entry points that really stood out as you and I were talking in the beginning, before we even get into your story, was and you heard my story about the, the having a suicide prevention podcast yeah. and and talking about people who are struggling, uh, who are who are successful in life but struggling in their personal life. And you talked about how you yourself, at age of sixteen, had struggled with panic attacks and and thought about ending your life. And then you're meeting people now in this day and age who are wildly successful and are, are still suffering. What do you think's contributing to all uh, 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 to, to what, what do you think the through line is between both of those, between what you were going through at 16 and what you think people are going through today? So I see it that there's no difference of what I was going through back then than what I'm going through. I mean, what the people that look for me, they're going through now because it's all about uh, losing the contact with yourself and um, having too much exterior, uh, exterior factors, external factors interfering with the ability of you to overcome or for you to just overcome any kind of day-to-day um, activities. You know, the, the simple tasks that we have we cannot actually move forward with it because there's so much expectations. There's so much to respond to. There's so much out there that are asked of us that uh, put us in a much more, I would say, you are actually living on a more of a survival mode than anything because you have to survive the society. You have to stand out. You have certain manners that you have to follow through you have certain things that you must um do to be accepted our biggest goal is to be accepted included be part of a community be part of something big be part of something special and uh so that takes away a lot of our natural instincts because uh then i can i, I don't see myself validated enough if i do something that society says it's wrong so it's like is the lack of authenticity that is not um valued to society authenticity is not valued but we are individuals with um our own individuality 
that we seek validations from others because throughout the entire life we feel like none of that is seen with good eyes because we always have to be tending to the external world to be part of it that's how created like how society was created now and i think more and more we are able to understand that that's not necessarily the truth we don't have to comply to everything we don't have to fulfill certain norms because they said so we don't have to none of that so i feel like a lot of the pressure now it's coming off as we grow and as we learn as in in the society and also observing all of the mental health issues we've had out there and experiencing ourselves you know and being able to speak up about it i think that's actually amazing that we're coming to a lot of um understanding that we could and we should value ourselves who we are how we are and and also value the the challenges and the 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 flaws and the difficulties all of that and that's why i guess we live in a society you know because we all helping each other something that i have you might not have and you could help me and something that i and i have and you might not have and i can help you so that's how society grows and i guess we've lost that along the way where now it's very shameful, you know, to ask for help or feel guilty for doing something that others will not approve of. So there's a lot of pressure. And I think that um, at 16, I was very pressured. And um, now I, I won't even say that society pressured me. I felt the pressure myself. I allowed the pressure. And I think that's a big thing is the perspective of um, of self-responsibility because things are out there. People will say things, people will believe, people will claim, but you take it if you want to. You have the freedom to do so. And I feel like it's very important that people understand that freedom. And when people come to me, and that's why I compare back to 16, because at that time, of course, I didn't know any better. And I didn't know I had the freedom to choose and not feel the pressure and not all for everything that was happening around me. And I could have chosen to just stay in my truth and go with my flow. And I was actually just, um, I guess, totally blinded to it. And I feel like now when people look, uh, search for help, they come from this desperate stream of, of um, help me find my authenticity again, help me find my value again. It was taken away. but. It's very good when you understand that you allow people to take it away from you. Like we've all along had the choice. We didn't know back then, but now we do. So now what? Like now we got to do something about that and start putting the foot down and being like, like, okay, I have a choice to accept this pressure or not. And I think that's the biggest thing that I see between then and now. You know, which is like this connection that I can sense between the two situations, me at 16 and now helping other people is to validate, like to, to I would say, respect um, self-responsibility, like your freedom. And I think I did I answer your question. <laughs> you absolutely did, because w- what I hear you saying is that one today we're under an abundance of external factors that contribute to the pressure that we're feeling when we talk about social media work our neighbors we're just hyper aware of 
the world around us. And then we, as a result, we're losing the connection with the world inside of us. And then the other part that I yes. hear you saying also was that, you know, the, the difference between you at 16 and you now is the perspective shift that you went from the perspective Correct. of they um, are taking this, you know, they're, they're imposing all their responsibilities and expectations on me to I'm allowing them to take this from me. And so now that I switched the language up from them taking something from me to allowing it to happen, now I'm taking responsibility, which then empowers me to then take action. Is that how I'm hearing you? That is right on point. Yes, that is the power of choice. And that is definitely um, a mind opening, you know, in a consciousness level that you are able to I would say level up, you know, from a point where you don't know to a point where, well, now I know. And now I could decide better. I could choose different. You know, I have the freedom to do so. So what you said was just really uh, perfect. And we have no idea how powerful words are. We have no idea how much of that, because everything is energy. You know, the body's energy, the words are energy, music, everything is in frequencies, it's energy. So the words that you're speaking, it's, they're very powerful. So it's, it's something like when you say that I can, that I do, that I allow, you know, that I am now free, all of those words, even though sometimes like, oh, well, okay, it doesn't make that much of a difference. Say It does make a lot of a difference. I have some clients that are like, well, okay, I said that again, but that's okay. I'm like, no, it's not okay to the point where you understand that your brain is picking up on that information there's a meaning behind every word and your brain is picking up that information that meaning and because and making it your reality so the way you speak as you sat right now like the words were perfect and the way you put it was just perfect and that's amazing how um that just putting it that way how you did could make such a difference in someone's life by saying it that way you know, and, and, and I think it's very important that we understand that how energy works in our um, life, you know, and how everything is energy. So every word contains a certain um, level of, of vibration and frequencies and, and that are um, interfering with your energy body. You know, I don't know if you've heard of um, Masaru Emoto, which did the, the, the experience with the water. Have you uh, heard of him? No, no. Say his name one more time. Masaru Emoto. No, please tell me about him. Oh my gosh, his like I love. I actually found him. Um, it was a coincidence. I was, I think, twenty two, twenty three. I was always that person, the weird one that looked for seminars and workshops and courses all about energy and and self development and spirituality, all of that. So then I found this um, flyer of Masabe Moto that he does experiment with water. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'm going to go ask around. Nobody wanted to come. They're like, oh, really? Like experiment with water? Come on. I'm like, oh my gosh, that sounds so interesting. Nobody cared to go with me. I went by myself. I absolutely loved it. And he was explaining how um, everything that we surround ourselves, everything um, interferes in our body because he does the 
comparison with water, how he, he uh, exposed water, the, the molecules of water, to different types of frequencies, and then observes the structure of the cell, the, the, the water molecules to see how it transforms. So there's different shapes, like you see under the microscope. And you, you um, he did with uh, songs that are like the, the different varieties of frequencies, like with rock that has like not very good words or other mu musics that have like very loving and caring uh, also, not only just words, but the frequency of the music itself. Like he exposed the water to those kind of frequencies, and then took a picture under the microscope to see how it turned out. Like what was the effect of those uh, external factors in the water? And the the results were amazing because then you could see the picture of a beautiful, you know, like just like those beautiful ice um, snowflakes that we see. They're just perfectly. Uh, symmetrical and the, oh, it's it's beautiful and then it, those were taken when it was exposed by love by um embracing by holding space like all musics they are nice to to the um, that that they have a nice i guess connotation it has a nice emotional connection um divinity all of that and then the other ones had a picture of a very like as asymmetric, all weird shaped because it was exposed to um, cursing, hate, uh, like bad languages, all of that. So he came up to the conclusion that we are like 67% water. So everything that we are exposing ourselves are actually shaping ourselves, our molecules or the waters that are the molecules of the water that we have in, within ourselves, inside ourselves. So that is actually dictating how our cells are working, how our cells are behaving in the environment that we're putting ourselves in. So that comes to say about, I guess, to back up what I just said about the words, that it matters what you say, because every word has a frequency, you know. So and also the experiment goes beyond the water. It goes like plants in universities. They do this experiment with different two, three, I mean, three different kind, three jars of plants. And then they tell the students to every day, one specific plant they have to pass by and say amazing things to that plant. And then the, the second one they have to pass by and uh, be neutral, not say anything, ignore it. And then the third one to, to curse, to say bad things, to throw like bad words at that, that particular one. And then in the course of a, a, a few weeks, they saw the changes in the plants. How the, the one that was very loved and people were saying all good words and having like very good feelings towards that plant, how we bloomed and how it was very nice and colorful. And how the, the third one that had um, the hate, the, all the, the, that, the, the emotional feelings that are attached to low vibrations and bad words, it was like, was dead. That plant was dead. So, and then the neutral one didn't really happen much. It was just the, the regular course. It didn't show, it wasn't all flowers, all, all colorful and, and beautiful and blooming, but it wasn't that either. So, so he was trying to prove, you know, a point that we need to understand that everything influences our well-being. And um, I guess just to help with uh, people understand about how powerful words are, you know, because it, it carries a frequency. And we are water. So it absolutely makes sense. When I think about the, like you said, we are what, 70% water. 
And yeah. when we so, were born, yeah. Yeah, and and you know, when we I even like I have a dog and you think about how dogs respond to different people differently based off the energy that they're putting out, based off mm-hmm. of, you know, whatever they're thinking, whatever their intention is. Um, you know, I just remember like my friend had a pit bull and the, we would have like different dog walkers come over to walk the pit bull. And I, I remember asking one of the dog walkers, I was like, how does a pit bull know not to attack you? Like, what are you doing when you walk in that it doesn't just, you know, rip your arm off and, and, and knows that you're not an intruder. And she was like, it's just about the energy you put out there. Are you coming in smiling and friendly with a, with an open energy or are you coming in, you know, all sneaky and, and, um, you know, creepy, like you're going to, you know, cause harm and dogs can detect that. And I, I would imagine, you know, we're, we're all vibrational beings and, and it's even down to like the smell we emit. Like I, I, I know that when I feel anxious, I smell differently. I don't know if it's, if my anxiety and my worry is like changing the water, the, the you change the, the structure uh, the of the molecules. Yeah. in our body. And, <laughs> And even as a as a performer, when you're on stage, people can feel like when something's off about you. So yeah. uh, it, it's it, the same thing at the store. There. Yeah, people walk in like it's very simple. Like if you walk in the store and then and there's someone walks in, you know, and then change the whole environment. Like comes in like yelling or screaming, you know, like he or he comes in like just quiet, and then you just sense the energy of that person that is like, whoa that something shifted here, you know, or, you know, if someone walks in, like just happy, not even smiling, but just happy inside. Like you see that the energy of the room changes, you know, you could sense that. And sometimes we say like, I don't know what happened here, but this is feels weird or it feels good or it feels bad. Right. Like people notice, but they don't really, they don't really identify what's happening. They just feel, they recognize that there's something happening, but they don't know what is happening. And it's interesting to see that that's what's happening. The shift of the energy. Literally. Right. And if we're not shifting our perspective and taking ownership for what's happening, then, you know, that I would imagine that leads to trauma bonding. And that's something that you and I have talked about previously. Yes. Can you share that with the audience? What exactly that is and how do we maybe navigate that? Yeah, the trauma bonding is always a relationship that you have uh, with someone else that it's not it's not genuine of yourself it's actually created through the traumas you've had in the past as a child we are uh, programmed um until like about seven years old we are intaking information from our parents we are intaking information from our experiences from society uh we are being told no we're being told yes we are being um literally like disrespected to the point of of uh, their own perception as the human being as a person and that actually is forming the type of personality the type of uh, how are you going to behave later on with other adults with other people it's actually being created since you are your mother's womb that's how your mother actually um is relating to the with the world it's actually imprinting in yourself as well as you are being of formed there in the womb and then so forth you know after that you just continue as a sponge you just continue to take 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 information and build who you are like you were born when you were um the 
the first moment when there's implementation right there, you are an empty, I always say like a, a, um, a blank computer. You're a blank computer. There's nothing. If you set, if you take home a blank computer, you can turn it on and it's going to be black. There's nothing there. And um, to a certain extent, because I could talk about something else that also comes with generations, you know, but that I'm talking about this um, trauma bonding for this, for the reason of being right now. So then you are a blank computer. And as you are evolving in the womb, you are downloading some programs from your parents' relationship with the other, your mother's relationship with the world, and then you're born. And this computer keeps adding programs, keeps adding um, softwares. You know, So this is actually is going to help you to deal with life. And as you're growing up, you already have some programs formed, which if someone comes to you and says, hey, I don't like your hair, some people might look at you and laugh and be like, okay. And some others might take it very offensively. They'd be like, excuse me? Like, you know, they could take it very personal. But that's because of how they were um, programmed since a child. Okay. And then what happens is if I have any kind of codependency, if I have any kind of relationship that I've had with my parents, that I didn't feel uh, loved enough, supported enough, or however, if I put myself in between my parents and I decided to now take place of my mom in the relationship because I don't feel like my mom was good enough for my dad, it's all in a subconscious, it's not conscious mind. You don't know that this is happening. This is how it's taking place. But for the, um, in the emotional level, that's what's happening there. You're learning those behaviors. And then when you get into a relationship with someone and uh, the person rejects you, for example, you might have um, um, an issue of codependency there. And even though the person rejects you, you're going to keep coming after the person and suffering for the person because you need that person. Because, you know, like this is the person that you feel that you're safe with because that's the type of relationship you're used to. You know, you're, you learn that with your parents. Your parents were that um, they had a toxic relationship. So you, you've learned that that's what love is. So this person being toxic to you, it's actually uh, also a representation of love. So you stay there and you're codependent because now your parents were toxic. So you didn't receive enough love from them. You didn't feel you received enough love from them. So now you're trying to rescue this love from this partner that you now have. And you keep going after it and thinking that that's how you're going to get the love. This is how you're going to fix what you lacked when you were young. So now you are behaving with that person from like a trauma bond because you were traumatized. You had, there was a trauma that happened that took place when you were a child. And now you're bonding with that person because it keeps um, reinforcing and keeps bringing up to you that there is an issue there. So the self-responsibility here is like, okay. I feel this way. And then I complain because the person is rejecting me. The person doesn't treat me well and all of that. And I want that perfect love. But deep inside, you don't. Deep inside, you want to heal that relationship with your parents, which were toxic. So now you, you come into place like, okay, I now see the pattern. I see what's happening. So now it's my turn to be like, wow, I have something to heal here. So until I, if I don't heal this part of myself, that is still connected to that trauma from my childhood, I'm going to continue to connect with people that will activate the same issues that I'm having now, that will trigger the same emotional reactions that I'm having right now. 
So the triggers, not, it's nothing more than than uh, memories that have been activating, you know, like activated. You had memories, you create all these memories from the past and throughout your life, people are going to trigger those memories because that's the opportunity you have to actually go over them and heal them and move past them. So then those memories, they're no longer, uh, 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 I guess, a trouble to you, no, no longer a, a block in your life. They, it is a block because you need to look at it and be aware of it to move past it. And create new behaviors on top of it, being aware, and then you create new behaviors on top of it to create new neuron connections. You know, neural connections are very important because that's how we create um, the, the the personality traits and all that through repetition. You know, through repetition, repetition, repetition. Um, I develop this kind of personality, this kind of uh, uh, behaviors that I now use to connect with other people. So if I change the behaviors, if I understand what's happening, I change the behaviors. But of course, I'm going to keep trying to go back to the norm, to what was used to me. So that's what takes place now for you to be very aware of what's happening, of what you're doing, identifying what you're doing that is not bringing you the results you want. And then when you change that behavior and you go like you keep doing the the, the right move, your right move, quote unquote, because there's a right or wrong. But if you keep just um, applying that new behavior over and over again, that's when you create, start to overwrite um, that old neural pathway to create new ones. They're more reasonable, more re they resonate better with where, with what kind of results you want, what kind of um, feelings you want to feel. Does that make sense to you, Leo? Absolutely. It, it, it sounds like the the triggers then become opportunities for healing, because once we're triggered, then we become aware that, OK, I'm feeling these emotions is not the responsibility of the person or the external event that's triggering it. It's an opportunity for me to step back and look at my cycle and how my behaviors are contributing to this moment that is now triggering me. So instead of the perspective of you are triggering me to say that uh, I'm the my cycle of behaviors have led to this uh, trigger, and then how do I break that? But awareness is the first step. Yes, because it's very easy. I know it's harsh to hear it, but a lot of the times it's like, oh, he's abusing me. But the real thing is like you're allowing yourself to be abused, and that sometimes create a lot of. Um, of um talk around it because not many people accept that because it's not like you're not a victim you know like you could be a um a victim of yourself because you don't know better you don't know you have a choice you're in prison in that uh uh perception but you always have a choice you could always um make a decision you know you could experience it once of course and that you're a victim right there but once you experience that you are aware of what's happening and you could choose. But a lot of times we are not strong to make that move. You know, that way comes the trauma bonding because there's something there that keeps connecting you to that toxicity, to that toxic relationship. You know, so I guess um, going a little deeper on that one because I know that's... No, I love that because, you know, you mentioned that we're not strong enough to move for different reasons. It could be financial, it could be cultural. There, there's so many yeah. differences why you might stay in a, a toxic or abusive relationship. Um, 
But then there's also, as you mentioned earlier, there's a feeling of safety because you recognize the pattern and there's some comfort in knowing what's coming, whether it's harmful Even if you're suffering. or helpful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause that suffering, it's something that I'm used to deal with. And sometimes happiness, it's scary because I don't, I don't know. I've never experienced it that per se. And I'm used to the, the pain. I'm used to, to things not going right on my life, you know, because that's how, that's what I've watched growing up. That's what I know. This is what I've learned. But, you know, we are constantly changing, you know, like uh, neuroscience come here to prove all the time you know, with experiments, uh, um, how we, we could actually keep um, transforming, I would say, like updating. I would say, oh, one thing that I actually like to say is upgrading and updating the system. As I said in the beginning, we are a program, right? We're computer, like blank computers, and then we're just add programs on and on and on. And I keep saying to my clients, like, okay, you're here, 2023, and you're telling me that you're operating from a system from 1990. How's that? And then they're like, well, I never thought about that. Because what they're behaving now, how their reactions and actions and how they're pursuing life, it's pretty much with the system that they lived a while ago. we got to update the system and upgrade it. You know, and that is through uh, observing your patterns, observing your behaviors, getting the same results over and over because you still have the same beliefs. You still have the same limiting beliefs. You still have the same perceptions that you've had before. So it's it's time for you to update that. You have like every year, every day, you know, we live, we acquire more experience and more wisdom that we need to apply. And then when apply, you're actually updating the system and upgrading the system. So at 2023, use a 2023 software. <laughs> you know, don't use your 1990, you know, the same one that you used to, to use with uh, your parents or whoever you, you um, use that program with. Absolutely. And, you know, I want to backtrack just a little bit because I know earlier we talked about how, you know, people can get comfortable with the pain and with the suffering and so they stay um and on the flip side you know we see this with veterans you know people with ptsd who Mm -hmm. they they come back from the the war or military and they are so used to being in combat or so used to the chaos that silence becomes feels like a threat to them it feels dangerous like there's something around the corner and so we yeah. see that in relationships also, where if you grew up in a violent or abusive household, then the silence becomes the threat because the silence meant that something was coming and you had to get ready for it. So I, it, 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 I just want to recognize for those who have been in, you know, in abusive relationships or are in, we recognize how challenging it can be to get out of it because then even if you're in something that's healthy, it feels unsafe because it's un familiar unfamiliarity can feel so unsafe a hundred percent that is actually um a hundred percent because it's it's again it's what we know like if i I don't want to operate from up from a a, um operating system that i've never been in contact or that i've trained so much in one operating system and then be put into another one drastically. It's it's a shock. 
you know, it's, and it takes time, like any of this, it doesn't matter what kind of situation you're in. And I get it, you know, like all of the, the deeper, um, issues that we have, especially with veterans or people that are in a very like abusive relationship, it takes time. And, um, and we need to really hold space and embrace these people because it's not easy. A lot of the times when you go through our issues in life, we understand it's not easy, you know, and we keep persevering when we're doing it. But for these people, they are being like in the, in uh, this kind of relationship, this kind of treatment, um, there is, it's, it's like the damage that was made. It's so big that they need so much love. They need so much, um, holding, you know, and so much care that um and i always say that like to me like love is really what heals love and that's why to me i always look for i I need to work always with my passion with what i'm passionate about because i feel like that's the only way that i'm going to get my message across is through the love that i feel of what i'm doing you know And, and i don't think that anything is impossible i think with effort and love and the right people around you you can definitely um, overcome situations like that, you know, and, and become a uh, whole little by little again, you know, because um, the human body, you know, it's, it's a self-healing organism, you know, so we are, we are, um, um, we were made, we we're built to heal, you know, but there's all these external factors, all of this, um, this, I guess, emotional or all many other factors, which we could speak later, like they interfere in such a way that inter- it interrupts the body's healing ability. And I feel like that's when um, therapists and doctors and friends and family, everybody come in to help, you know, that person, because at that point, that body has gotten so much interference that it needs some help now to remove those factors or soften those factors so the body could recognize again like have some room for healing have some room to now continue what it's naturally supposed to do so you know one of the things and why it's so important for us to heal and be aware of our trauma bonding and and the pain of it is it can lead to aggression and one of the things that you know uh, you and I talked about is how um, aggression on the other side of aggression is sadness. And mm-hmm. we don't typically get to that side of aggression. We usually just see the teeth and the claws. And then the sadness is something that we do in isolation or in seclusion in a shower or in our car. Can you talk to us about how do we navigate our emotions from aggression to sadness and do we even want to stifle the aggression well i think every every reaction you have if it's aggression whatever it is it's so important because that's your body being able to translate what's going on within yourself to the outside world and then the outside world i mean like to your own consciousness because a lot of the times we have this pain inside but the 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 noise in our head is so big they don't really identify that. So we don't work through it. And then over time, that becomes our reaction and then aggression comes by. So then uh, the way I see it is 
observe it. There's nothing wrong with you being aggressive, but there is that level of consciousness that needs to come after, I mean, comes from it. Unless you have, it depends on if you have a mental health issue that, um, of course, there's other things that are involved, okay? But we're talking about, I guess, the simple aggression and people that just get aggressive here and there. And they I understand, they, they acknowledge that they are aggressive. I do have a few clients, uh, especially Mayo clients, that they tell me, hey, I, I don't know what to do because I just, I, I come, I guess aggression is my way out, you know? And, um, but that only uh, represents and reflects the the lack of resources that you have to handle your situations it's to overpower uh the situation with aggression so um and and that comes a lot with your inability to to handle and the sadness is right behind it because there's no way i am going to jump from being okay to being aggressive like i am feeling some type of uh, uh, it's like an emotional friction. Like it's, it's uh, empowerment, you know, it's, um, it's a lack of empowerment that I feel within myself. It's the lack of self itself. It's, uh, it's that sadness that come from a situation that you're not able to, um, have the, the best perspective of, and then it comes out, it burst, it burst, but it comes from like, I would say an example of a person that I dealt with, um, he had this sadness that he was never really able to, I guess, translate his emotions. Like he was very shy. He was never really shown love by his caregivers. And um, he had this deep sadness within himself that he really wanted to show love and be loved and be there for the ones around him. And he had this empowerment. Somehow he was not uh, feeling comfortable enough, of course, in his own skin because he didn't know how to do it. And, um, and he told me, like, I actually felt that I was aggressive anytime that I wanted to show love. Look at this. Like, this is very interesting. Like, to show my emotions. And I ended up, like, being aggressive because I wanted to show something and I just couldn't it was so sad to me that I would get like frustrated and it will burst just like I would just blow up just not not even care and I wouldn't even be apologetic I didn't care I was just like so into my own pain that it was just so sad to me that I never felt love and somehow I felt like I had all this love within myself but I didn't know how to express how to do it or how to even get in contact with that emotion. All I had in contact with my sadness that would explode to frustration and then just explode to, to aggressiveness. And um, so that was the path he took to understand his aggression. But of course, there are many, the people did. It's very uh, individual to individual, the, the reasons why the aggression is coming out. But um, it's very good for you to trace back. Okay, what am I aggressive about? What it's uh, what is the feeling behind the aggression? Is it because someone said something? Is it because I am uh, doing something against my will? Is it because like where is this aggressiveness coming from? Like why? What is what happened right before? What did I feel? What what did someone do? What did someone say? 
because then we have something to work with. Okay, so this is what came before my aggressiveness. So now I could understand why did I feel this way? What perception am I having of this situation that is actually putting me on this next level of aggressiveness? You know, so you kind of start start like to trace back and then you, you see the situation, you understand what's happening. Then you move a little bit back, back a little more to understand what came before that. And then you start tracing where maybe you could like, oh my gosh, it was because my parents or because as a child was because I was, you know, like there was a lot of like a sense of abuse when in school or, you know, there, oh, you know there's always something, it comes from somewhere. It always comes from somewhere. There's always a root cause to that. So people sometimes think, oh, the person is just aggressive and angry. It's like those toughest people that seems to be so aggressive and so um, rude and all of that, normally they are the most uh, fragile with inwards, you know, within themselves, they are, they are suffering. They are in a lot of pain, you know, like people, they are good and they're feeling good and they're feeling strong. They don't get aggressive. They, they're not aggressive. So they are aggressive because there's certain, there's a level of pain that they cannot handle. And it's very important that you identify where your pain is coming from for you to then uh, jump into, okay, how are we going to solve this to not feel this way anymore? You know, and then it's a, it's a, it's a path of consciousness. Like you're aware, awareness, you're aware of the movements, you're aware of the consequences, you're aware of how you felt when this or that happened. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I love that you touched on, you know, working backwards from, okay, if I'm acting out in this way, what happened before that? What was I thinking? What was I feeling? Um, what, cause I, and that's a way that I work because, you know, I go through a thing where I, I go through, I click through what I call the germs, like journal, exercise, read, meditate, self-talk mm-hmm. and sleep. And I know that if I have a poor night's sleep, if my diet is off, if my routine is off, if I didn't work out that day, it makes me a, uh, a bit more aggressive. If I feel frustrated in some type of task or overwhelmed or, uh, you know, I have some unmet need, right, where I'm not really I'm not really expressing my needs, wants or desires or some frustration over uh, an impaired communication that I'm having. I just don't feel heard. In, in some respect, then um, I find myself uh, the, the, the aggressive nature starting to build up. So it's beautiful to be aware of, of the things that usually trigger our aggression so that we can become more aware of it in the future and then, uh, you know, allow it to dissipate it or figure out coping skills of, of which how to handle that. Yes. And it's I, I like how you you touch the, the, the topic of the, the uh, I guess, the, the, the amount of external factors that are out there, you know, that uh, could interfere in, um, in a person's behavior, mental health, or even existence health, you know, like uh, entire health, because, yeah, um, go ahead. Well, because I know that, you know, you and I have also talked about, you know, biological dentistry and how, our dental care and, you know, some infection through a cavity gets into our, you know, nervous system and then causes a change in behavior. Can you talk about that? Because 
biological dentistry is something I hadn't heard of. And I, I started Googling it afterwards and, and I was really fascinated by that area. And it's, I know it's a part of the work that you do. Yeah, I'm not a dentist. So let's just be clear on that. I do have a sister that is a biologic den- biological dentist. So, um, of course, speaking to someone that is in that field is always going to be more resourceful than speaking to me that I'm not a dentist. But I am one of the co-founders of Health 5D, as we spoke before, and it is a company that we, it's a community that we refer people that are interested in dealing with their health in a more integrative way, you know, as a whole and not um, separated, not isolating organs. So um, we do believe that uh, all these external factors, there's a lot of um, um, issues like with the mental, the physical, the spiritual, the emotional, the social, there's all these areas that issues arise from these areas and interfere with our ability to heal ourselves. Um, All of that, it's actually pushing us, you know, to come into, I guess, in contact with our most divine self and um the um, integrative doctors and integrative uh therapists they all understand that there's no way you could heal someone by isolating um, an area you cannot just talk about um healing someone's anxiety and depression without talking about their uh their um daily activities, their habits, their uh, food intake, their uh, self-talk, how they um, uh, relate with people, how, what's their level of spirituality, how, what do they think about themselves and the world, and all of that has a big impact on their health. And uh, with biological dentists, it's very interesting. It's actually um, uh, something, I don't know if you heard of the 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 International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology. So it's all about um, the interference of toxins to the body because we know that there are toxins all around. And we call it like emotional toxins, you know, uh, chemical toxins, biological toxins. And um, in the biological dentistry, the um, chemical toxins, which is the most common that we're going to hear is the mercury from the uh, amalgam removal because used, people used to get the amalgam uh, as a treatment you know, for the, the tooth and now they see how mercury is actually highly toxic to the body. So there's actually a safe way to remove it and only biological dentists could do that. Only biological dentists could actually remove uh, um, amalgam um, from the tooth in a safe way. Because it is highly toxic, it, either even to the dentist. The dentist has a specific um, clothing that he has to wear to protect himself to do the removal. The biological dentists are actually going to really talk about mostly of toxins and how it affects in infections that um, spread through the body, through the mouth. But there's also integrative dentists, which my, my sisters, both of them, the biological dentist and integrative dentist. And an integrative dentist, it's the relationship that has the teeth and the body. It comes a lot through the, uh, by the Chinese medicine that connects every tooth to an emotion, to an organ. And that is actually fascinated because um, what I've learned with my own history, because obviously um, 
when we talked about it, and I said I had the 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 depression, the anxiety, the panic attacks when I was 16, that I had the the pericarditis, you know, that was all very intense to me as a 16-year-old. Um, I came to f- to find out after uh, maybe now I'm, I think maybe at 28, I found out about how cavitation, how the how removing the the wisdom teeth, they could actually uh, form cavitations by not healing properly, and that could actually cause panic attacks, anxiety, and depression. So. A lot of doctors in Brazil, integrative doctors, they will not even see you. They'll not have the first visit until you actually have your visit with the biological dentist. So they could actually run exams to make sure that there is no infection coming through your mouth, by your mouth. And, and um, I guess eliminating that external factor, you know, that factor, which is very important and because uh, it doesn't matter if it's going to if, if you get to see you, the doctor gets to see you, the blood work and all of that. But you actually have an infection coming from your tooth. Whatever he does in the body is just going to be healing symptoms and not going to actually be uh, healing the cause. So they see nowadays the, the I guess the, what they say modern medicine, but it's the actual old medicine. We're going back to, you know, the old medicine, the old wisdom, um, ancient medicine uh, that. Everything in the body is it's uh, connected. Everything is in, there's an interrelationship that goes through the entire body. Nothing uh, uh, works isolated. Everything is interconnected. So the 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 doctors nowadays they don't really recognize the teeth as being part of the body. They don't really consider that the teeth could actually be causing health issues um, overall. So it it is actually a study from the integrative dentistry which comes to really like to me is like to revolutionary to uh create like this revolution on uh medicine because um there is this uh studies that people that actually went back treated the cavitation and they no longer had panic attacks they no longer had anxiety you know and that softened like all the depression of course you're not going to tackle that and be like okay this was all caused by that i don't see this way i see it as um, a combination. So the person is going to go, they're going to treat the, the, the cavitation that, um, the healing process that didn't take, uh, the course the correct way, but also needs some, um, that also needs to go and, and do the process with uh, a therapist, like a psychology, like, uh, a CBT therapy, you know, to really make sure that whatever created and caused your body not to heal properly because there's that as well. Like your body didn't heal properly for a reason, because if we are a self-healing organism, you know, your body has all the abilities to, to heal itself in a proper way. But because of the interference and a lot of times mental, emotional interference, your body is not going to be able to properly heal. And that specific tooth, the, the third molar, it's connected through the, uh, According to the Chinese medicine, it is connected to uh, very important points of emotional well-being. And, and um, so that being said, you're not going to just treat the cavitation. You're also going to treat the mental and the emotional that also had this, that created this imbalance in your body. So the body didn't correctly heal itself. But another 
um, thing that we talked about that I think it's very important that we mention because that's part of, of um, I guess, the, the five areas of life, like the five bodies of existence that we talked about, the, the emotional, social, spiritual, physical, and mental, how all inter, uh, interrelated. And we talked about it um, before uh, the, the gut, you know, like how the, the gut has actually a very important um, role, you know, in the mental health, because that's another um, connection that we do. A lot of the times people come to me and when they say that they have anxiety or they have uh, um, panic attacks or they have a level of depression, I always ask, like, how is your food intake? How is your bowel movement? How do you, you know, like, do you feel bloated? Do you feel like, just ask a few questions because, and people are like, what are you talking about? Like, it's, I'm feeling anxious. Like, what if, what are you talking about that? You know, it's like, well, because it's the second brain, right, Leo? <laughs> like, that's what we call it. And, um, and uh, we talk a lot about how important it is for you to have a healthy gut. And uh, to make sure that your um, the bacteria in, the, in your gut are working well, because that's where we really create the serotonin, which interferes with your mood, your sleep, uh, your memory, like um, how you feel um, happy, you know, and, and many other things. So, Paula, how do they get in contact with you? Anyone who wants to work with you and, and, and your team of experts, how would they get in contact with you? Yes, um, uh, I am on Instagram, Paula Cohen underscore 5D and uh, Health 5D. It's also on Instagram. So you can find both um, on there. And Health 5D also have a YouTube channel. And uh, my number is 954-449-5801. That's my direct line for um, my business. I love it. And then last question I'd like to ask, as I ask this of all my guests, is always imagine there's one person listening in who may be on the precipice of wanting to end their life. Before you kill yourself, what would you say to them, Paula? Okay. Well, I would love to say to, to that person, which I have in the past, that you are so unique. There is not even one other person on earth had never had and will never be another person like you. And um, so you are very special the way you are. No matter what's um, whatever is happening in your life, we understand. I understand that there are parts of life that are not easy, and that there are parts of our lives that uh, need attention. and uh, And for that, we could look for help. But there's so many parts of you. They are amazing. They are perfect, and it's not fair to just let go of everything because of these parts that are not going well. And um, a question that I ask is, what if you're not trying? Or if you don't want to end your life? What if you don't want to kill yourself? And what, what if you just want to kill a part of yourself that is no longer serving you a purpose? 
What if you want to kill that part that is actually no longer in service? It's no longer taking you where you want to be. And for that, we could always find ways to, to help you with, you know, and, and move forward and, um, and be, I guess, just to give more attention to all of that, the good that you have, understand, remember, because sometimes I'm also a matter of remembering, you know, of all the good that you have, tracing back in your life and all the good that you did, you know, and all the good moments you experienced, you know, and start creating more of that and killing that other part that is no longer for you. And it's okay. It's okay for us to rebirth. It's okay for us to, you know, like bear part of us that is no longer in our favor. You know, and, and I feel that it's actually something that um, people could understand, could could take to their advantage, you know, that it's okay that we want to bury a part of us, that it's okay that we want to kill a part of us that is no longer working. It's part of growth, you know, so why not to do with the help of the loved ones, people that are there for you, people that could help you with um, resources that will help you get out of that situation see the beauty and and build what you want more of what you want and less of what you don't want i love that paula thank you for sharing thank you listeners for tuning in remember this podcast is not a substitute for you going to get help calling the 988 or any of the international phone numbers that are listed if you're in brazil if you're in israel wherever you are in the world there are phone numbers for you to call chat text you can always go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly. Let's get to tomorrow together. Thank you so much, Paula. Thank you, Leo.